This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby is enjoying a long weekend. She returns tomorrow. As we approach Thanksgiving, it is traditionally the time to think about those less fortunate than ourselves. And this year, the message is more important than ever with a 200% increase in new clients at Toronto's Daily Bread Food Bank. Neil Hetherington is the CEO of the Daily Bread Food Bank. He has joined us at various points through the pandemic, and he is back with us today. Neil, thanks for making time. Good afternoon, Jane. It's good to chat with you. Let's talk about that 200% increase. What does that mean? How many people are we talking about in Toronto now relying on the Daily Bread Food Bank? Sure. It's about 25,000 families every single week now who are making use of of food banks. And um, the organization's been able to, uh, to, to meet the demand. It hasn't been straightforward at all. Um, but uh, but we've been able to uh, to make sure that every single delivery to every single individual who is food insecure uh, gets out the door safely. How did you manage to do this? Well, I, you know, I think it's uh, the resiliency, creativity, and leadership of of uh, the volunteers and the colleagues that I get to work with every single day. Um, so where there's been a problem, they, they have they have found a new way around it. And, you know, as we approach Thanksgiving, which is historically the time where individuals contribute the most food to the Daily Bread, our shelves are at its lowest point coming out of the, the summer. And um, and so we, we looked at the problem ahead, which was, how are we going to do a mass uh, Thanksgiving food sort? You know, typically, Jane, we, we'll have 500 people come in for the weekend and do a, a, a wonderful event of uh, giving back to the community. Well, obviously, we can't do that with the restrictions that, uh, that we have and with safety concerns. So, uh, so this year, um, we have announced the, uh, two initiatives. The first is in partnership with Purilator, where 12,000 Torontonians received over this past weekend uh, a red bag on, uh, on their doorstep. And uh, volunteers distributed those bags throughout the city and in six uh, areas. And, uh, and we're asking people to put food in there that they would like to serve to their families. And next week, we, the Purilator uh, team will go out and, uh, and pick up that food. Oh, that so is such it, a great idea. You know, it, it, makes, it makes great sense to, to capture their logistic, uh, logistics uh, and handling um, capacity and, and it allows individuals to be at home, to be safe. Of course, if you didn't get a red bag, you can always drop off food at any fire hall or grocery store. And then we came to the problem of, well, this Thanksgiving, what are we going to do? There's, there's always families that want to come out and support the daily bread at that time. So what we're, we're going to do instead on October the 10th is have a drive-through 
food donation opportunity. So we're going to ask for for you know well known Torontonians uh, to uh, to come and to to volunteer their time, and for everyone in the city to uh, to drive through the parking lot here at 191 New Toronto Street. And uh, and in a contactless way, we'll uh, we'll we'll remove the donated food, and uh, and then we'll sort that in the the warehouse um, over the coming weeks. So it's just a way for people to to you know take their kids out um, to uh, to have a drive together and to be able to uh, to know that they're doing good this Thanksgiving. Isn't it amazing how we've reinvented the process? I mean, in so many areas, but here you are. You figured out a way to get the donations to come in without people violating the physical distancing that we're all trying so carefully not to, to violate. Well, it's, you're right. And I think industry, um, you know, I think of the, the church that I attend, the, uh, the, the, the different uh, challenges that they've had and how they've had to adapt. Um, it is a, uh, uh, it's, it's what we all must, uh, must do. Um, and, you know, you think about sort of long-term implications. One of the things that we implemented within weeks of the pandemic happening, the Daily Bread in partnership with the Canadian Red Cross and the City of Toronto were able to get uh, donations to seniors um, where we would actually deliver the, uh, the food hamper. And we would never have thought that we would have the capacity uh, to be able to do that. We made that capacity happen because the need was so dramatic. And so, uh, so you adapt, uh, you, uh, you hopefully think creatively about uh, how to solve the different problems that we're all, we're all going through. I'm speaking with Neil Hetherington, the CEO of the Daily Bread Food Bank, Jane for Libby here on Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Let's talk about the different types of food bank customers. You just mentioned elderly people who are trying to stay locked down to remain safe. Uh, is that a, a big portion of the people who, who need assistance with food these days? It is. Um, one of the uh, um, horrific effects of the pandemic, however, has been the frequency of child hunger in our city. Um, so we released a report, and, and Jane, you and I, I think, had the opportunity to talk about it a couple of months ago. Uh, the report was called Hunger Lives Here. And what we saw when we studied what was going on uh, with child hunger since March 25th was um, a doubling of the number of reported cases from food bank users that their child was going hungry at least a couple of days a week. That's and hard to we- hear. We know it's also a underreported number. Now, you think about it if, 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 uh, if you're a parent um, and somebody is asking you that, that type of a question, you know, is, is, is your child ever going hungry? Either through pride or fear, um, you, you might often say no. And yet we know that from our research that that number of reported cases doubled since the end of March. And, and so we need to do everything possible, and we are doing everything possible, to make sure that no one goes uh, without uh, their right to food being fulfilled. Their right to food, yes, that's, that's a great way of putting, putting it. Uh, those who've lost their jobs because of COVID-19 and they cannot make ends meet with the CERB because of the high cost of rent, um, these are obviously a lot of the families that we're talking about. It is. And one of the, the 
I was troubled that the rise in new faces, as you mentioned in the introduction, um, of, of 200% increase in terms of the new individuals who are coming to food banks, um, I was uh, surprised at how quickly the loss of a single paycheck would result in an individual having to come to a food bank. Um, it, the cost of living in the city is just so dramatic that we know that individuals, too, too many, are just a paycheck away from, from having to make that decision. And so, um, so as we rebuild, as, as the upcoming throne speech uh, happens, and we think about how we build back this great country, um, we've got to be thinking about um, making sure that uh, the inequalities that are there are reduced, that people have access to child care, that people have access to uh, pharmacare, and, and, and so that we, we make sure that w- no Canadian is just, you know, a, a single paycheck away from, from having uh, to, to make use of, of uh, the good works of, of the Daily Bread and North York Harvest and others. I am with the CEO of the Daily Bread Food Bank, Neil Hetherington, talking about the real reinvented Daily Bread Thanksgiving food drive and the 200 percent increase in food drive customers during the pandemic. Neil, I asked you before the break about some of the stories you're hearing during the pandemic of people who weren't using food banks before and now have been forced to do so. Uh, any Anything that top of mind for you? In the early days of uh, of the pandemic, I um, was walking out into into the food bank, and uh, um, I recognized uh, a, uh, a person there who was in line, and, uh, and he saw me, and and um, I, and and I hadn't seen him for for years, and so I decided that I would go up and, and just you know give some greetings and. Um, this is an individual who uh, has uh, either four or five children who uh, was laid off. Uh, he's a pilot, and uh, he um, he needed to make use of a food bank. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I think that there was certainly a, a concern about, uh, you know, sometimes there's a bit of a, a pride thing uh, there. And I, I went up to him and, and just said, you know, how, how are you doing? And it, things weren't going well. Um, you know, the uh, uh, the bills had caught up, and uh, this was before uh, CERB had arrived at their uh, uh, um, uh, at, at their home. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so he just had to do what he had to do for his for his wife and his kids. And so he came to to visit, and we we had a good chat uh, about what was going on in his life and uh, the difficult circumstance financially that he was in. And my point of that story is just to say, you know, it's it's regular individuals that uh, that you would uh, sit beside on the subway or the streetcar who are now faced with that decision to uh, to come to to the food bank, and we make it as easy as possible. Uh, for somebody, we try to make it as comfortable as possible. Nobody chooses to have to come to uh, to the food bank, and uh, and so for those who do, we uh, we want to make sure that they know that they are welcomed, and uh, and and really that we consider it a real privilege to be able to to serve them, and uh, and work alongside them in our information and referral service to to make sure they're back on their feet as quickly as possible. What are your thoughts, Neil, on how temporary this will be for some of the new customers like the pilot you were just talking about? 
Well, I think in his situation, that will be a, 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 a rapid change as soon as the um, the economy uh, opens up uh, to uh, uh, full capacity. However, when 2008 happened, um, as the economy was was getting better, one of the oddities to that was we saw the rise of food bank usage happen, and you'd, you'd expect a converse uh, uh, reaction to to that. So, um, so that was uh, that was disheartening. I think that there will be. Uh, I'm hopeful that there will be a drop as soon as uh, we can uh, open up. Uh, more restaurants and people are are out and about safely, but I think that's going to take quite some time um, for for that to happen. Uh, we're in this for the long haul. the The board of directors has uh, has mapped out a uh, one and a half year plan uh, for our COVID response, not just an immediate what's going to happen this month and the month following. We have those short term plans, but as long term as we can get, which we think is about a year and a half. We're laying out our purchasing strategy for food. We're laying out our response in advocacy. Uh, We're laying out clear recommendations for all three levels of government so that we can help decrease the line of food bank recipients. We spend as much time uh, providing food for the community as we do for advocating for systemic change. An 18-month plan. That puts things in perspective. Uh, Fred in Oakville has a question for you. Neil, go ahead, Fred. Oh, yes, thanks uh, for taking my call, Jane. I was just curious. I used to work at the food bank uh, years ago and have been you know, donated t- countless times. But I always wondered, uh, is the food bank doing enough to help these people manage their money better and uh, mm. cook food better and with their diets and these kinds of things? Because, uh, you know, I often think about, uh, you know, what Jesus Christ said. You know, you can give fish to people or you can teach them how to fish sort of thing. Mm. I think that's a, that's a great question, Fred. Um, so one of the, I would break up the work of the Daily Bread Food Bank into three categories. The first is let's make sure that the emergency food relief is there. So that's providing the food that they need. The second is the information and referral service that we provide. So making sure that's the sort of teaching an individual to, uh, to, to fish um, response. And the third is the advocacy work that we do with, uh, with government relations uh, on uh, systemic change. But I will preface all of that. Yes, so the answer is yes. Um, but I would preface it by saying, as I get to know the food bank clients, um, I, I have gotten to know an incredibly resilient and resourceful group of individuals, uh, individuals who could teach us all about how do you survive on such a limited uh, income. As an example, uh, the average food bank user has $7.83 per day to survive on after paying for rent and utilities. So if you think about how much create, creativity is required to be able to, uh, to get by on that limited budget, simply coming to the food bank and back in a couple of tokens, you know, uh, most of your, your daily budget is, is gone. So I am heartened by the uh, uh, creativity uh, and resourcefulness of food bank clients. And, uh, and at the same time, we're going to make sure that they have all of the resources needed to be able to, uh, to, to, to move forward with, uh, with thoughtful, uh, in, a, in a thoughtful way. 
Neil, what is the most effective way we can help? And we know that Zoomer radio listeners have really come through in the past. They have. Um, they, so I, I would say three things. Um, so first is um, the advocacy side of things. Uh, on our website, we lay out clear positions for different levels of government. And I'm hopeful that um, when you make decisions at the ballot box, when you make decisions to write a councillor or a member of provincial or federal parliament, that you'll consider uh, writing uh, and supporting recommendations that we've laid out. The second thing would be donations of, uh, of funds. If you choose to and have the capacity to make a donation, we will make sure that it is used um, in, in the acquisition and transportation of food, and, uh, and we will get it out uh, quickly. The third would be a donation of food. Um, and so when you donate food to us, um, it's, it's sorted and, and moved out quickly. Now, if you don't make a monetary donation, we can purchase more food than, than you're able to purchase um, you know, at the grocery store. But I think there's a life lesson when individuals choose to donate food. You know, if you if you got some, some grandchildren or children and go into the grocery store and saying, hey, why don't you choose the food that you would like tonight uh, for, for dinner? What, what, what would you like to eat? And we're going to put that all together and put, place it into the bin at the fire hall or at the grocery store. You know, I think there's an incredible life lesson that can be uh, shared about social justice and what it means to, to make sure that everybody is uh, 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 able to live with dignity in the, in the city. So those three things, donating food, donating funds, and advocating for systemic change. And on that note, when you look at all of your donations that come in, be it food, be it f- money, funding, what percentage is being offered by government and what percentage by private citizens? Well, we, the, the, the Daily Bread Food Bank does not uh, receive any government funding. None um, at all. No, this is all we do what we do um, by mobilizing uh, committed volunteers and donors Um the exception to that was in uh, uh, May, the provincial government provided uh, provided food hampers that we distributed. So they provided $8 million to food banks all across uh, Ontario, and that money was uh, dispersed to, um, uh, to each of those regions in the form of food hampers, and we distributed 60,000 food hampers within a two-week period that was paid for by the province. Outside of that, the Daily Bread Food Bank receives uh, absolutely uh, no government uh, financial support whatsoever. Um, and that, that, that has some benefit, Jane. You know, by that, we're not beholden to, um, uh, to any one uh, government or any and if uh, if we choose to make a recommendation, uh, then we can feel comfortable in making that recommendation and not fearing loss of revenue. Um, so we are able to provide the government with research that allows them to make good decisions, and we will uh, gently lead them towards the right decision. Well, you've left us a lot to think about. Daily Bread CEO Neil Hetherington, thank you for your time and good luck with your food drive. Thank you, Jane. Dailybread.ca for more information and how to donate. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.